Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Thursday, May 7th, 2020. We are rolling right along for another week here in May. We got three shows down, two to go. A big thank you to Bill Barnes for coming on the podcast yesterday as he does every week on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. His strong opinions and random thoughts are always appreciated. Uh, Love him or hate him, he's here every week for us. So thanks again, Bill, and his uh, random journeys. We look forward to having him again next week. Today on the show, we have Phil Solis. He is a college football official. He works at the 1AA level in the Big Sky Conference. We've started out at the high school level, worked some football, some baseball together. So looking forward to our conversation there. He's also, we'll talk about some of his work in the financial industry. So uh, stay tuned for, for a really good conversation with Phil. Uh, you know what I did the other day, guys? You know what I did? I said, you know what? I'm tired of not having sports. So I went into my ESPN app, and there's plenty of good documentaries and such there that I really haven't looked too much into. But I started in the middle of the day and just kind of started clicking through all of them. A lot of them I've seen, most of them I've seen for that matter. But it was really cool to go and look back at some of the really good ones, like the Lakers and the Celtics documentary, uh, just about how great that rivalry is. We watched the the announcement, the Magic Johnson documentary about him announcing his retirement uh, with HIV and all that uh, that entailed. You know, there's just a lot of good documentaries on the ESPN app, so I'm pretty grateful for that. It really got my juices flowing a little bit. I'm looking forward to a few more maybe tomorrow, and not that I don't mind watching Netflix and some other movies, but man, having sports and, and some of the history and the little stories behind the scenes is just a lot of fun to me, and I don't know why I haven't done this sooner. This Saturday, there will be some sports on. There will be UFC 249 live pay-per-view. You best believe I will be tuning in. I will watch every single prelim fight, all the fights, 3 p.m. till 11 p.m., whenever it is here on the West Coast, and enjoy every second of it. I am so hungry for sports. Uh, If they told me these were uh, two rookie fighters fighting in the pay-per-view event, I, I would still pay for it and watch it. So I'm really looking forward to it. I know a few other members of the household are looking forward to it. We're going to get together and have a sense of sense of normalcy, if that's a word. But just getting back to sports and live events, and I'm really excited for Saturday. But uh, the, the, the sports bug is always in me. And after watching a few documentaries on ESPN and looking forward to a lot more, uh, you know what, I, I'm... I'm definitely excited. I'm really excited for tonight. The NFL schedule will be released. They are going to announce all uh, 16 weeks of the season. I don't know if they're planning to start on time or not, but it's another step in the right direction for us to enjoy the NFL. And I will be sitting by my TV at 5 o'clock when it starts and watch the entire thing. And yes, I will have a calendar out with my color-coded markers. And I know you're all laughing right now, but I do not care. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to write down every single Monday night football game, Thursday night football game, every game the Rams play on Sundays, and every single uh, Sunday night football game in prime time. That's just what I do. I know I'm way ahead of the, the, uh, the schedule here, but that's who I am. That's how excited I am. Sports has got me a little fired up, so I'll tone it down right now. Take a breath. 
Let's uh, take a break as well, and let's get right to Phil Solis. I'm sure his conversation will be a lot more interesting what I have to ramble about. So let's get right to it. Here is Phil Solis. Okay, we are joined today by Phil Solis. He is the president of the Achievers Financial Agency. He'll give you some great tips and some information here in the near future, but uh, we're going to talk some sports. We're going to talk a little about, about everything. Phil, welcome to the program. Daddy, thank you for having me. Oh man, wouldn't have it any other way, my friend. How's things going over in uh, the Whittier area? You know, uh, under the circumstances, not too bad, you know. Uh, people seem to be going about their lives uh, a little carelessly, if you ask me. Uh, you see <laughs> people out and about, walking around without masks, uh, you know, what coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think people are at a breaking point right now. They're just tired of uh, sitting around and not having to do much, and no one wants to be told what to do. But um, unfortunately, we're all in this together. It's cliche. We, we got to all get through it, and we all got to, you know, pull our weight or, or maybe do less, if, if the case may be. But, I, yeah, I think it's a lot – everyone's getting a little bit frustrated. Yeah, amen to that, brother. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm – as much as the next guy would love to be out in the golf course or – you know, out and about, but uh, I don't think we're going to beat this thing unless we all just lock it down and, uh, you know, and, and stay safe, man. You know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. It yeah, really for sure. Well, uh, well, thanks again for joining us, Phil. And, you know, you and I knew each other from sports officiating, primarily football and baseball. Uh, you worked at a, at officiating equipment store in Honigs for a long time, ran your own business for a while. Uh, you, you've excelled at the college level in football officiating, but right now you're working in the financial industry. What can you tell me about it? Uh, you know, it's, it's getting into that industry. It was, uh, it was quite eye-opening um, to realize or find out and realize that uh, our country is basically financially illiterate. Um, there's so many people who have no idea about finances and, and how to manage their finances. And uh, there's, it, it, it's just, like I said, it's, it's jaw dropping to find out the, uh, just the lack of knowledge when it comes to finances. And then, you know, and when you look at the country overall and, and to see the, the shape that we're in, it, it starts to make sense. You know, I, I see why. Sure. And, and you, you said you didn't really have any experience in that field before. You were probably just like everyone else who you're talking about. So what, what, was, what was the change for you that really opened your eyes and got you involved in that? Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a fellow official who had called uh, to purchase some supplies from me. And when I had broke the news that I had closed down my store, and was no longer in business, he uh, kind of just threw it out there, said, hey, you know, um, you know, we're always looking to bring sharp, you know, young individuals on board. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to bring you into the office and introduce you to a couple people. And and uh, he didn't say much. He didn't say it was in the financial industry, anything like that. He just said, you know, I'd, I'd like to bring you in. And like I said, introduce you to some people and a, and a couple concepts. And uh, if you're interested, come on by. And I kind of put it off for a month or two. And uh, and then he called back and I, I, I agreed and went in and just really liked what I heard. You know, I was I was asked a couple of questions 
And when I had no answers to those questions, it really hit home like, wow, I really don't know anything about money. I mean, I know you make it and I know you spend it, uh, but <laughs> as, as far as saving it and, and, and putting it to work for you, unlike working for it, like, you know, 95% of the country does, uh, it, it really opened some eyes and opened my mind to, you know, some possibilities. And uh, the more I, I in, got involved with it, it just, it, it really I felt like I was, you know, meant to do that. And it was a fit for me because uh, it's one thing to know it, but it, it really gives pleasure to, you know, inform and enlighten others about the, mm -hmm. the subject, especially as, uh, you know, as important as it is. Definitely. And, and Phil, you, you spent a lot of time as a small business owner. Uh, you know, Honigs was a, a corporation, I think is the correct term. They were, they had businesses all over the country that, that basically was the, the referee umpire uh, equipment uniform store guys would go in and, and get their uniforms. That's where you and I first met I, when I got equipped that first day. And uh, you know, they, they closed down some of their businesses on the West coast. And so you, you opened up a store of your own uh, and then later on uh, operated some more for them. But did, did those experiences as a small business owner, did they, did they, I, I guess, open your eyes sooner or make it an easier uh, subject for you to kind of learn about? Um, you know, not really because it, um, the information that I have now was, it's not learned by operating a business. Um, it's, it's, it's really secrets that the wealthy have, have utilized for since the beginning of, you know, this country, since the country mm -hmm. was, you know, uh, started and, um, it's funny, they're not secrets, but they are. Um, and so, you know, the, the middle class and the poor uh, aren't aware of some of these, um, you know, strategies. And so therefore, they're not passed on to, to you know, their kids. And, and so that's kind of what keeps the country in the position that it's in is, you know, the, the rich prosper and the middle class is, you know, ever mm -hmm. slowly disappearing, but the poor stay poor. Is it's just all because of, of choices that are made. It's not that you know, um, you know, the rich are, are entitled to anything more or, or have uh, opportunities that the others don't have. It's just they utilize uh, the knowledge more frequently, and so um, those weren't things that you learn by running a business. They really have to be, you know, exposed to you and, and, and shown you, and uh, and that's what happened. Um, you know, it wasn't until I, I talked with some professionals and said, hey, listen, you know, there's there's some that, you know, things that you could have been taking advantage of the whole time. But, you know, not your fault. You just didn't know about them. And so that's <laughs> what we do here is we take this information and we go share it with as many people as we can. And unfortunately for me, uh, you know, making all that money, I, I you know, wasn't uh, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't utilize it the way I should have. And um so, you know, I'm doing it now, though, that's for sure. <laughs> so what would you say is the number one thing you offer or, or the, I guess the service you provide people? Is it individuals? Is it businesses, small businesses? Is it everybody? What, what is what is it that you offer with uh, Achievers Financial Agency? It's all and everybody. Um, and it's basically just knowledge. You know, we sit down, we find out, you know, I, I'll do a financial analysis find out, uh, you know, the type of debt you have, um, 
the, uh, you know, the savings, your income. And then we find out, uh, you know, we, we look at your risk tolerance and we advise on, you know, certain vehicles that, that fit your, your needs, um, you know, as far as retirement goes, as far as investments go, um, you know, just savings. Um, it, yeah, it, it's, it's a little bit of all that. And it's for everybody, you know, individuals, families, businesses, uh, everybody. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and is it a situation where, I mean, uh, hypothetically, you know, you're, you're, you're giving somebody, uh, the options, Hey, here's the keys to the car. If you want this product, or is it more, uh, you're doing the driving yourself and saying, Hey, uh, you know, if you're all in, I'm going to make your life better. Or is it you just kind of providing options uh, and things like that? There's a little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I consider what I do not so much. Uh, uh, it's not a sales approach. It's more of just an educational approach. I explained to them, hey, look, it, it, this is what you can do. You know, you're not buying anything from me. You're simply putting money in certain places. And we, you know, I can, there's vehicles that I can manage. You know, I can hands-on manage your money and move it around and, and try to get you the best return. But then there's other uh, vehicles that I, you know, I, I explain that are, these are for long-term, you know, long-term goals, long-term investments. And, uh, and basically just let them choose, let them choose what fits best for them. You know? Um, yeah, I, I just, I put everything on the table and let, let the, let the client decide. Okay. And, and, you know, you're educating a lot of people here, I, I think, and, you know, I'm one definitely, but what, so you didn't know much, you, you got some guidance from a friend, a colleague, he introduced you to some people. And then what was kind of the process at that point to give you a little bit more, more knowledge and prepare you and educate you so that you were informed and able to go out and then work in this field? Well, so in order to become a financial advisor, there is a licensing process. Okay. And so um, there's some studying that goes on, you know, you, you, there's various uh, licenses that you need to study for. And essentially that's the education that you get, um, you know, just studying for your licensing. Uh, it's like anything else. It's kind of like, you know, in officiating, you jump in the rule book, you learn <laughs> the rules and then you're an official, you know, and you don't necessarily pass a test. Well, you know, there's no licensing for officiating, but there are tests that you have to pass in order to, you know, qualify yourself to be on the field. Uh, and it's, it's very similar to that. Um, yeah. Like I said, study up, take some tests, get your license and off you go. Interesting. So Phil, with the way things are right now, uh, you know, it's not a good time and you're in a business where, you know, you're working with people's finances. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people are struggling, struggling right now due to this virus and maybe not have uh, the ability to move money around or maybe they're moving it around already. So what has business been like the past month and a half or so with the, everything that's going on? Uh, you know, Maddie, for me, it's actually been pretty good. Um, all the business that I've written in the last two, three years um, has uh, I, I've gotten I've gotten calls from from all the people that I all the clients that I've that I've worked with uh, with nothing but thanks and praise for the information that I passed and uh, and the things that I shared with them. 
because during this crisis, uh, most people are aware that the market has has crashed pretty severely, and there's been billions of money lost. Um, I'm proud to say that not one of my clients has lost a penny during this time, and um, and so I've been getting referral after referral uh, with people. You know, hey, come meet my you know family member, my friend, my coworker. Uh, the list goes on, you know, so I have uh, uh, tons of appointments booked. Uh, I'm sitting down with tons of people daily and um, it's, it's, it's been really good for me. Wow. Wow. That's uh, I'm happy to hear that for you. And I'm happy to hear that the not that some people made some wise decisions, it sounds like, and ended up on the right side of things. That's great to hear, Phil. Is there Absolutely. a, is there a website or a, or a place uh, people can contact you if they're interested in your services or your colleagues? Uh, yeah, you know, um, it would best, I, my, my website is, is under construction right now. Uh, the okay. best way to contact me would just give me a, a call. Uh, phone number 626-672-7875. Um, we can set up an appointment or some sort of meeting arrangement and uh, we can go from there. Okay, well, there you go, everybody. You, you heard uh, Mr. Phil Solis, and, uh, you know, give him a call if you're interested and just uh, ask a few questions from him. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm happy to throw that out there, Phil, and, uh, yeah, happy to, happy to hear things are going smoothly for you. Appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about some other stuff now, Phil. Let's talk about sports. You know, I love my sports, and I'm going through such a tough time right now, just with <laughs> nothing on. I would, I would, uh, I'd watch two insects box if if it was if it was available. I, I know you would. <laughs> I know you would, <laughs> Phil. We met uh, when I started officiating. Oh, 2007. I started football. Think you were you were there at either at West Covina selling merchandise, or I came down to the store. One way or another, we met up we, where we talked, and uh, you know you, you were informative. You you told me what I needed to get, and, and I had no idea meeting you at that time that you know we, we would later become friends. And and more importantly, you I don't know if you know this, but you were one of the main individuals in the reason that I went to umpire school in 2009, you had gone in 2008 to Jim Evans Academy of professional umpiring. And we were sitting at a round table pizza after a high school baseball meeting of all things. And we were sitting there talking with everyone and all the high school umpires. And it was like a second year high school umpire, just, just still learning. And, and you were sitting there talking about your professional umpire experience, uh, the, the school experience. And I remember sitting there listening to you and I was like, you know what, this, this might be something I want to go do. And it really kind of lit the spark for me and my interest in pursuing baseball at the professional level. And then, it, you know, what I'm doing now with college and everything, but do you happen to remember, remember that time? It was a long time ago. I know, but I, I sure do. We were at the round table there in Diamond <laughs> Bar on Grand Avenue. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I do. I, I do remember that. <laughs> and, and you went to school and you were just, you told me all about it. And so I had, I think most people who go to professional umpire school, they, they understand kind of what they're getting into. I really didn't know. And, and you really let me know kind of what to expect, which was definitely helpful and beneficial to me when I went the next year. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you spent a little bit of time after that filling in in the California league, right? Uh, the very next summer, 
That's correct. Actually, that that summer, yeah. That's uh, yeah, yeah. The, I remember seeing, and, and, and even then, when you came and you were telling me about, you know, umpiring and then getting some opportunities to work at that at that level, uh, it was just uh, eye-opening and a great experience. And, yeah, you definitely kicked off my my pursuit of umpiring, my friend. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's good to know, you know, and, and I'm sorry for that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it is all your fault. <laughs> right, all your fault. Right. And a lot of teams are cursing your name right now because of it I, as well. <laughs> I know it. I know it. But uh, it was good times, man. Really yeah. good times. Yeah, Phil, you uh, you were in Foothill Citrus Football Officials Association as well as Foothill Citrus Baseball. Um, you've advanced. You did good things there. You advanced. You became a really good official in the SCIAC, which is a Division Three NCAA conference out here for football. Um, the assigned the uh, supervisor of officials at the time was Vern Sparling. He really took the Sky Act to the next level as far as the officiating program and the development of officials. So what can you tell me just about, you know, getting involved in the Sky Act, maybe some camps you went to and, and how your officiating career really took off at that level? Um, yeah, uh, the, like, as, as you said, uh, Vern Sparling um, taking control of that, uh, that organization really um, – really took it to another level. Um, he is a really good teacher. Um, and, and I've told many, uh, many of the officials who, who have been in that conference or, or who are applying to get into that conference that uh, Vern will put you in a position to succeed. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if you don't, it's just because you didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, that, it's that simple. Um, the, you know, but fortunately for us here in Southern California, we are in you know, a shark tank when it comes to officiating. And that's in any sport. I mean, basketball, football, baseball, we have the premier officials in all levels, you know, from NBA, NFL, major league umpires. There's so many of them here. Um, and the, the, they, they are quick to share all their knowledge. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of division one officials. I mean, there's just, there's so many good officials around here that, uh, Again, if you're not trying to succeed, if if you don't succeed, it's just because you're not trying. You don't mm-hmm. want to. Um, but yeah, being in the Skyac, it was uh, it was definitely eye opening because uh, you know, like you mentioned, I, I've moved in the officiating world fairly quickly, maybe too fast. But uh, when I got there, um, you know, being considered a young, you know, a young gun, if you will. Uh, I realized that I was not that, you know, I went my first year in there. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I definitely have some ground to make up. Uh, I'm not the, I'm not at the top of the food chain here. And it really, you know, it really encouraged me to put my head down, you know, focus, study, um, and, and really just, you know, go get it. You know, I, I always want to be the best official I can be, uh, the best official, for my crewmates, you know, the best official representing my supervisor. And, and, you know, with that will, it, it, it just, it, it, I, I really tried and, um, and I've seen the, the fruits of my labor, <laughs> you know, come to fruition. Yeah. But it and, all started in the sky act. Oh yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. I think, I think the program has been good for a lot of officials just to up their game and, and say, Hey, this may not be division one football, but this is the type of things they do with division one, as far as an officiating standpoint that really pushes guys and gets them to work. And it's sink or swim type of thing. 
One thing Absolutely. I find, yeah. One thing I find interesting, Phil, is that I look at the two of us, and and, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I but, but I mean this. You know, you look at us as far as being opposites. You started out. You went to professional baseball umpire school. You probably thought baseball was going to be something for you uh, in the future. I started officiating all three sports the same year. Fell in love with football. The camaraderie was moving up, you know, moving up the ladder pretty well. I thought, you know, football was going to be a future thing. But as you as you pursue multiple sports, it's not impossible. But as you pursue multiple sports, you know, at some point you got to uh, you got to make one more of a priority than the other. And it was tough for me. It was tough for me. I never thought of myself as a baseball guy. Now other officials in other sports, they talk to me and they refer to me as a baseball guy. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm an all sports guy, but, but I get it. So I've pursued college baseball. Uh, it's, it's reaped some benefits for me and, and you've really pursued college football. And it's, I mean, it's been great for you. It's been good to you. You now work at the one double a level in the big sky. And, and I hope there's uh, more big things for you, but I just find it interesting that <laughs> We start think one way thinking, and we pursue our careers, and all of a sudden we're 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 where we want to be, but where we maybe didn't think we would be. Right. Yeah. You know, and and it's true. Um, you know, the higher up you move, it 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 doesn't. It's not a seasonal occupation anymore. It becomes a, a full time. You mm-hmm. know, three hundred sixty five day job. You know, there's really no off season. Um, and there are a few special individuals that are able to, you know, work a, an NFL season and work a college division one college basketball season, um, but or, or or baseball in there, or, you know, any two of the three. But it, it's a very select group and uh, got, you know, more power to those guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I like you. You made a decision. I, I done the same. You know, I. Not to mention that my wife gave me the ultimatum that, you know, hey, you need to pick one because, you know, we have a young one at home and, and she's like, yeah, there's no way you're gone for, you know, 40 weekends out of 52. So, so pick, you know, pick one. And uh, for me, it, 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 you know, it, yeah, it was football. Um, you know, I'm like, only gone on the weekends and uh, it, it's, it's, I, I really love it. I, I love what I do. No, that's, that's all anybody can ever say. And if you can say that at the end of the day, that uh, you love what you're doing, I mean, th- that's all we can say. And, and unfortunately, not enough people get to say that. So, so it, is, uh, it is great to hear, and, and it's fun to see you climb the ladder as, as you've been doing. And I hope there's more big things for you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Me too. <laughs> how, how is uh, Alex and the, and the daughter doing? Oh, man, Alex is, uh, you know. Hair's getting gray for both of us. Uh, Jordan's four and a half now, going on 18. And, uh, yeah, with this uh, quarantine stuff, man, she's just been bouncing off the walls. Uh, (laughs) It's it's, it's been tough trying to keep her busy. Um, You know, Alex works from home now, so I try to get her out of the house uh, as much (laughs) as I can, but at the same time trying to be, uh, you know, social distant and, and and safe and so i usually uh i'll throw her she could still fit on the little uh, bike seat that i applied to the back of my uh my hybrid bike <laughs> and uh we'll, we'll either ride up to the santa fe dam or down to uh seal beach and uh you know that, that's that's my getaway that's her getting out of the house and and uh you know 
that's that's my activity that's that you know the gyms are closed so that's about the only thing i can do to stay active these days oh man that's which, that, which, that's great <laughs> which brings me do you still have your bike i do i certainly do is it dust on it or no or is it getting used again that's kind of been uh, the exercise out here too because everything's closed so a lot of good uh, bike trails out in uh, eastvale yeah right right as i ride up to santa fe dam i think that was uh you know, after I uh, convinced you to buy a bike, I think that was one of the first rides we did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, along that 605 uh, San Gabriel River there. and uh, We know it well, yeah. as many of our listeners do. And and speaking of that, yeah. Phil, I, I didn't find this out until a few years after knowing you when you brought it up one day. But you you were actually a member in Care Youth League, or was it Boys Christian League at the time? It was Care Youth League. Okay. Uh, slash Rio Hondo prep. Yes. Uh, a member of both for uh, Rio Hondo, the care side, uh, two years. And then obviously care youth league, uh, geez, started at four. And I think I was involved till about 14 or so. Wow. 14. 14. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Under the leadership of Francis Hampton, uh, God bless him. Mm-hmm. God rest his soul. Uh, but good times. Another another fond memory of, of mine was a uh, Carrie East League and the Real Hondo Prep uh, property. Yeah, it's got so many memories for so many kids and uh, just growing up running around there. Anytime you go down there, you just kind of sit back and, and smile at some of the memories. It's like it was life down here. You know, what what team did you play for as a kid? I was a part of the Coral Cowboys. All right. Yes, sir. <laughs> and do you remember who your leaders were? Uh, Francis Hampton was okay. Well, so Francis Hampton was my my leader for the first oh god, what four or five years, and then a gentleman by the name of Phil Horton <laughs> took over, and uh, and I was with him through uh, the the second half of my career there. Wow, man, that's <laughs> it's a small world. It, it really is, and there's all these. Doing this podcast, I have a ton of people on from, you know, Rio and Care and everything. But uh, sometimes you run it like you or Tracy, you, you find out later, oh, wait, you guys went to Care too? Oh, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I, don't, I don't know if you knew it, but Kevin Pedrola from our uh, from the Foothill Citrus Group was a, a team member of mine. No kidding. Care Youth League. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got... I got some pictures of us, you know, seven or eight that I, I took to a couple of the meetings and showed him and he was blown away. Like, wow, that's, that's, you know, again, some fond memories for, for all who were involved. You know? Definitely. I remember you talking to me, we were talking about care and everything. And there was one thing that you just raved about. And it was the, the care burger or the big leaguer uh, with cheese or whatever it was that you were saying <laughs> yes, sir. to die for. Yep. <laughs> Yes, sir. That's so funny. Like, oh, yeah, those, that snack bar. Oh, my goodness. A burger. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pieces of heaven came out of that place. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, yeah. Oh. I, I still feel like I should drive by just to go grab one of those, you know? Yeah. Hey, you're uh, not that far away. You're not that far away. Go down there yeah. sometime on a Saturday in the yeah. off season. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Give it a check exactly. out. Well, uh, Phil, you mentioned golf earlier. I know you're a huge golfer and you may or may not have cheated in a few uh, football officials golf tournaments. At least that's my story, but never. (laughs) 
as you say, don't hate. Don't hate. Don't hate. Don't no. hate. Right. Uh, right. You, you, avid golfer. You love to play it, and, and you're you're pretty good at it with your some of your buddies. And didn't you you got to like? Uh, I forgot to ask you this beforehand, but didn't you assist at like a, some pro pro event or something uh, uh, not too long ago? Yeah. So um, every year I volunteer at uh, the, the, the local PGA uh, stop. Uh, it's changed names, I think, three times in the seven or eight years that I've done it. Mm. But it's over at the Riviera Country Club. It's the, it's the annual L.A. area stop by the PGA. Um, uh, a fellow official, football official, had sent out the link to during one of our football meetings about hey who you know who would like to get inside the ropes at a pga event yada 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 which definitely caught my attention uh i volunteered uh, at the time it was called the northern trust open um and it uh yet now it's the genesis open um hosted by tiger woods and uh yeah i i volunteer every year now every year since i don't know 2000 and 12 i think 2012 2013 um yeah it's uh it's you know my my uh, a, a way to uh like i said get inside the ropes and stand <laughs> next to the world's best players you know it's a, it's a whole lot of fun oh man that's that's got to be cool to see the the, the talent there we just I, i'm terrible as you know with my golf swing and to see the best in the business do it just effortlessly you're just like oh my goodness gotta be crazy. it's pretty disgusting <laughs> yeah it's it's it's, it's yeah Wow. Well, yes, sir. <laughs> well, I forgot to mention, Phil, after Cary Youth League, you did go to uh, Los Altos High School, and you were there when a very famous football player was there, Sean Cody. Was he your same age, or was he a year older than you, or what was kind of the time frame there? No, so Sean is actually quite a bit younger than me. Sean hmm. graduated in 2001. I graduated in 1995. So he actually, he went to school with my brothers, oh, my gotcha. brothers, Eric and Anthony. So yeah, he, uh, he played with them. So I was, uh, I, I was there, you know, a little bit ahead of him uh, when we weren't so good. Um, you know, we, we were, we were always competitive, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. you know, my brothers like to tease me on the fact that uh, just before I'd gotten to school, Los Saltos was dominant. And then while I was there, not so much. And then as soon as I left, <laughs> Yeah, back to glory they went, and so uh, you know I've, I've been the brunt of quite a few uh, shamings and, uh, and and jokes. But uh, yeah, I I, uh, I didn't go to school with Sean, but really good friends with him. Uh, yeah. Well, real close uh, family friend. I know he was uh, a thorn in the side of some of my charter rope buddies those years during those rivalry years. I mean, what can you tell me as someone who got to see Sean had a great NFL career, a really good college career. What can you tell me about watching him in high school? Um, so, you know, the first time I met Sean, um, he was 12 years old and it was during the, uh, the all-star, the, the district 60 all-star, um, opening day. It was over at, uh, La Puente National Baseball Park there on uh, Hacienda and Temple. And uh, he played for Highlander, my brother and, and uh, Sergio Santos and, uh, and, a, and a whole bunch of other kids from the Hacienda Heights Little League were all 
you know, that, that 12 year old group there, they all, they started off at T-ball and a flag football together. God, they, they probably won every championship uh, that was played at, at that age group, whether it was in junior all American football or, or baseball. Um, but it was at that opening day ceremony for the all-stars that uh, I noticed Highlander had a kid who was about six, four. And uh, <laughs> obviously he was, you know, about a foot and a half taller than everybody. And, you know, it, it, the word quickly traveled that that that's Sean Cody, um, and he will be going to Damien next year to play football. And and uh, I, I think at, at at an early age it was uh, it was you know he was already pegged as a can't miss you know mm-hmm. kid will be you know either in the NFL or or Major League Baseball whatever he decides. And um, and yeah, I just kind of watched it materialize. Uh, I know he, he went to Damien his freshman year. And I believe it was a dispute between his father and the basketball coach that led to a falling out and him coming home to uh, Los Altos because he is a Hacienda Heights kid. Oh. And, uh, and, and yeah, and, and thankfully for, uh, for that little falling out that, that we got him home and, uh, you know, and then and glory back to, you know, conquers back to the glory <laughs> days. I, I did not know that he uh, attended Damien. That is brand new information yeah. to me. That's interesting. Yep. 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 Don't know how they stole him away, but yeah, he, he, he went there his freshman year. <laughs> back home. Back home his sophomore year. And, and uh, like I said, like they say, the rest is history. Yeah. And it, it was a real treat to watch the kid play. You know? Oh, man. And then he goes, kid. then he goes, yeah, big kid. Then he goes to SC and uh, they're, they're doing down some, you know, glory years down there. And I mean, we, did you ever get to go out there and, maybe hang out with him and any of those teammates or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, Sean's a real close uh, friend of the family. And so, um, I, you know, I don't know if he'll admit this, but I like to think that I was a real big reason that he had went to SC. Because hmm. um, I remember talking to him this one, I think it was the, uh, it could have been the New Year's Day, either 2000. 2000 New Year's Day or 2001 New Year's Day, but uh, obviously him and my brother and a bunch of friends went out to celebrate that 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 night before, and uh, I woke up to a living room littered with uh, you know high school kids, <laughs> and the next morning I think we turn on the TV and we're watching the Rolls Bowl, and obviously him sitting there, I'm like, hey, you know, uh, any decisions made yet, or are you leaning towards anybody? And I'll um, I'll never I'll, I'll never forget this conversation because. It seemed pretty, pretty sure that uh, he was going to one of two schools, and it was either uh, Notre Dame, which was I think a, a parent's favorite school, and they kind of raised him. You know, he was a Catholic kid, and they, they you know, kind of raised him to be a, a Catholic student. Um, and so he was he was pretty set on Notre Dame, but Miami was a huge uh, was, was right there. Uh, you know, he wasn't certain, but Miami made a real strong push. He had said that Warren Sapp, which his, was his favorite NFL player had called him on the phone and told him, you know, obviously to go to Miami because there was a defensive line coach there that would take his game to the next level. Hmm. Uh, and that gentleman's name was Ed Ogeron. Um, and so I had told him, well, look, man, you know, none of us, we can't go to South Bend or to Miami to watch you play. You know, why don't you, why don't you stay home, you know, stay home. Um, 
you know, I mean, God, you, you know, your name's Sean Cody. SC are your initials. I mean, you know, I could see it now. You should get the, you know, get the SC tat on your bicep there. And and uh, and as luck would have it, I think a week later, Pete Carroll was hired, and uh, the first move he made was to bring Ed Ogeron onto his staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember calling Sean, you know, that day and said, hey. Why don't you go to that, you know, you're saying how you wanted to go, you know, be coached by Ed Ogeron. Well, here's your chance, you know, <laughs> let's do it. And, uh, and uh, he signed and stayed home, you know, and, and uh, of course, you know, I, I think I went to almost every home game and, you know, we'd, I'd be in the locker room at, after the games and it was, it was just, uh, it was one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. Great. Hang, hanging out at the Coliseum during those days anyway. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh man, that's incredible. Yeah. I, I remember you got, you telling me about your, your friendships with him. And so I thought I'd bring it up for some of the, the fans out there. Um, we've talked a lot about friendly stories and good moments. I have to bring this up with you on. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Phil a lot, but in this moment on a football field, I was furious with him. We were working a community college bowl game, which those don't don't know. It's just an extra game for average teams, much like it is for, you know, division one and the, the uh, new Orleans bowl and all these other weird bowls they have. Well, there's, there's that for junior college too. So we're working this game at orange coast college. It was long beach and golden West. I'll never forget two kind of schools that knew each other and we like each other. And I could tell you this, if you can officiate a community college football game in Southern California, you can officiate any level because it is controlled chaos out there. It's very talented players, but uh, maybe not the most talented of brains and uh, coaches are just doing all they can to win. And it, it's uh it's, it's game management is the finest. <laughs> so it's a, it's an organized gang fight is what it is. <laughs> Your words, your words, uh, not mine. Uh, so we're, it's a pretty, I, I don't, can't remember the score or anything, but we're, we're playing or they're playing the game, working the hard. We're probably in the late third quarter, maybe early fourth quarter, close game. I'm on the sideline, Phil's in the, Phil's a back judge in the middle of the field away from sidelines like he likes. And I'm on the sideline and there's a punt return, I think. And it, and it goes into my sideline. And the, the, the pile is at the, right at the feet of all these other players. So we got the wrong colored jerseys around the other, you know, <laughs> on the wrong sideline, visiting teams on the home sideline or whatever it was. So we're trying to separate all these guys. I, I felt like I, my hat flew off. I had like the, the chains from the, the chains. I got tangled in and I would step. I'm not a big guy. And, and you step between 300 pound uh, grown men. You're trying to separate. It. <laughs> it's stupid. And I'm just like, where, where are my, where are my crewmates? There's no one else over here. I'm, so I get them all separated. I'm like, you know, <laughs> brushing myself off and I'm just like, Oh man, that could have been bad. That could have been a brawl. It, that could have led to a brawl. And my good friend, Phil from probably 30 yards away, he goes, Hey Matt, Hey Matt. I look over and I'm like, what is he yelling at me for? And Phil goes, did you just hear they just announced the USC Oregon game. Sounds like USC beat Oregon. And I gave Phil death stare. And I probably said words I should have never used in any time, especially on a football game. <laughs> and I screamed across the field at him. And, and I think I scared some of the players behind me. 
Uh, and, and I was just saying every, everything I could. And I think I finished off with something like, like, don't talk to me, Phil, I'm in a war over here. Or something. <laughs> I was so mad at him and he just looked at me like he was in such shock. So I know you remember that evening, Phil. Oh yes, I do. Um, I remember it quite similarly. Um, <laughs> oh, a couple of details a little differently. Stop it. But, uh, I was, uh, uh, you know, the uh, the play did end in your sideline. Uh, you were tangled in the chain, and I think the kicking net and something else. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, your hat was off, but I believe it was knocked off. I don't think it just flew off. Um, yes. And I was, I was, I was hustling over to help you to render aid because you had, like, as you said, two three hundred pound guys, <laughs> uh, a hand. One, each, uh, each hand was on a chest of one of these guys and it, it was funny from what my perspective it looked like they were like two walls were closing in on you and, and your arms were about to give and you were just you were in your final moments before getting crushed and uh, like I said I was coming over to help out and on my way over they had announced the score during the triple overtime uh, they were in triple overtime and I didn't hear the score and so that's what I was asking you I stopped immediately to say I, I, hey Matt, did you hear the score? And uh, yeah, and that the death stare that you gave me, uh, and the words the the words that you chose, um, will uh, will never be forgotten. Yeah, I, I can't repeat them because I believe this is a family friendly uh, show. But um, yeah, another fond memory of mine. That was good stuff. That was that was yes, that was. I'll tell you this: good. we we carpooled down there. I think I drove, and uh, it was a quiet car ride home. I, I know that. <laughs> oh, oh man, we, we laugh at it now, but the, the things you see and experience on a football field, I could say the same thing about other sports, but there's something special about football and the, the, the stuff with your crewmates and just, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm out there sometimes. Yeah, you know, you know, that happens in all sports. I'm sure uh, there's there's basketball crews or, or uh, I don't know what you guys call your, you know, your little is it a crew? Is that what you – in basketball, when you go work a game, is it a crew or is it just your – Anything's your a crew. Ref mates? Yeah. yeah, okay. And, you know, baseball too. I know we have some baseball stories. But, uh, yeah, the, anytime you're involved um, in in situations that can be stressful, there's always going to be some great stories to come out of it. Because, you, know? <laughs> uh, you know, like they say, pressure creates diamonds, you know. And so those, those are the uh, – those are those diamonds that we'll always, you know, we'll forever have. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, 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 I could still feel, feel that experience like it was yesterday and then see you out there on the field and just, uh, I, you know, I got out of there. And so to this day, Phil and I have joked over the years, he's always accusing me of, uh, of getting purple hearts every game I have. And, you know, just cause it was a war zone and, and all these Yeah. <laughs> He always comes out wounded. Yeah, exactly. Still hanging in there. Yeah. Still fighting a good fight and just trying to get to the next game, you know? I hear that. Amen. <laughs> well, Phil, it's been so much fun talking to you. I, I was really glad to hear about your, your business and, and just uh, how things are going for you and the family. That's great to hear. Uh, you know, officiating is a, is a brotherhood and we don't all, all do it forever, but the times we share is definitely fun to look back on and reflect. So thanks for joining us. And, and I wish you nothing but the best in your pursuit 
of officiating at, at higher levels. And, and I think you're going to do great things in the near future. Hey, Maddie, thank you. And it's been my pleasure, man. All right, my friend. Well, we'll talk again soon. And uh, thanks for coming on. Yes, sir. Thank you. Another thank you to Phil Solis for coming on the program today. It was great to sit down and have a conversation with you. I really look forward to working a ball game down the road in the near future with you. Good luck to everything you're doing, and thanks again for chatting with us. On the program tomorrow, we have Joe Wellman, a college basketball assistant coach at California Baptist University in Riverside, California. We will have a fun conversation down memory lane talking about Uh, Growing up and bashing heads in junior high and high school together. And then eventually on a fall evening in 2002, uh, being opponents on opposite sides of the line in a football game that will live in infamy. But uh, we'll get back to that tomorrow. (laughs) More to that, that is. And uh, looking forward to talking with Joe about his climb into college basketball coaching and uh, his journey. So, be sure to tune in tomorrow. That'll wrap up another episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. Really appreciate everyone for tuning in. We continue to grow. It's very humbling and just uh, it's so wonderful to see those numbers uh, continue to to go skyward. And uh, we couldn't do it without you. So as always, the best ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast are through our Twitter handle, Get Home Safe Pod, or, or Get Home Safe podcast Facebook page and our Get Home Safe podcast Instagram page. We also have an email address, gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. Those are the best ways to reach out to us. You'll find all of our episodes listed there daily, Monday to Friday. We also have the Anchor app that provides uh, our opportunities to produce the podcast and put it out there on various platforms. But uh, thank you to all those who have added us as a favorite on the Anchor app and as well as other platforms. So that'll wrap it up again. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. As always, guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around at third base, get home safe.